Hello and welcome to the SoSo Show with Visit Southampton. Light up your social life. If it's happening in the SO postcode, you'll hear about it here. A weekly look at life in the city, hosted by her, Zoe Hansen. And him, Simon Clark. This week, we're off to Marwell Wildlife, who are about to open their doors for Easter for the first time in three years. We wanted to make a big splash. Just lovely to be able to have Easter again. And meet the team who get to build things from Lego as a job. As a kid, I always played with Lego. I can't say no to Lego. If I see it, I'm going to play with it. You may be surprised to learn that uh, I've been out this week. What? I know. After last week, where you'd been everywhere and I'd been nowhere, I thought I need to try and balance things up a little bit. Okay, good. Right, so you've been a social butterfly. Where have you been, Simon Clark? I've been social butterflying to Bill's in West Key, the food bit. Oh, lovely. I had no idea Bill's was there. Really? Yeah. How? Because I never go out. I was invited by a mate of mine. I had like an hour and a half to squeeze it in. So we uh, we went to Bill's and yep. it was really nice. Yeah. It's got the world's longest Chesterfield sofa. Okay. Which you'd be hard pushed to try and steal because it's massive. It's huge. <laughs> and uh, I went there just before this whole thing about menus with calories came in. You know that's happened this week in franchised eateries where you've got more than 250 staff. You've now got to print the calories next to every oh item on the menu. Oh my goodness, this is horrible, isn't it? Of course, this has been compulsory on food since 2005 and clearly so incredibly successful at tackling obesity, they've now decided to stick it on menus as well. Oh, of course. And um, look, I am feeling quite smug right now because uh, I don't need to calorie count today. I've been for a run already, sat here in my gear. Sorry for being sweaty. Well, you see, I'm set here in my gym gear as well, but I haven't been yet. So we're in the before and after process almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm the one with a red face right now. And I have been for a run, which means I will have a look at my calorie count, like the deficit that I've created. And I will use that probably for the next four days to think, yeah, I can eat that. Yes, yeah, all right. I've, I've burnt 400 calories the other day. So here's my thinking, right? If you put calories on the menu, mm. there's a big discussion happening saying that anyone who's really careful about what they eat because perhaps they have an eating disorder. It's just going to remind them and it's going to stress them out more if they print the calories. Okay. So I say, don't put calories on there. Mm. Put the number of burpees you're going to have to do oh, yeah. in order to burn it off. Because I like it. nobody likes burpees. And if you knew, you'd have to do a hundred of them just to have that bagel with salmon and scrambled egg. You'd be <laughs> drinking water and nothing else. I love it. That's a great shout. Get on to Gordon Ramsay about that one, hey? I have just been out for a run, so so I am feeling quite smug, but I feel like a bit of a fraud, actually. Been out running in this T-shirt. What does this T-shirt say? ABP Southampton full marathon. Full marathon. How did you get that? I you haven't your- done the full marathon. <laughs> so this comes from two years ago when Chris Reese, who runs the Southampton Marathon, the ABP Half Marathon, the... 10k they couldn't run it they couldn't hold the event because it was in april so he had a huge stack of t-shirts and i was like oh i could do with a couple of running t-shirts can you send me over some so he sent these over and i go out running and i can see people looking and thinking full marathon not a hope she ain't gonna make it to the end of the road southampton's podcast the So So Show. The new Brickasaurs exhibition is about to open at Marwell, and we've caught up with the people behind it. But first, let's hear more about the unique circumstances they found themselves in as an attraction 
during COVID. Everybody's found it a really difficult time. Um, us as, as much and, and possibly more than some, um, unlike a lot of businesses and, and places and attractions that were able just to close the doors, send everybody home on furlough and try and keep costs down to a minimum. We can't do that. We've got two and a half thousand animals here that need the same level of daily care and love and attention and medical needs as they do even when we're open. So our keeper teams have been working all the way through our vets and veterinary surgery, our animal feed guys and animal supply services, everything has had to keep running. So that's cost a huge amount of money every month through all of the lockdowns and of course against that we've no had no income so it's been a real hit luckily you know we've been in a good position we've weathered the storm really really well and this year just it'd be fantastic to have 12 months fully open and feel like the world's getting back to a little bit of normal again there is a lot of excitement this is the first easter that you've been open in three years yeah it, it, exactly so you know we wanted to make a big splash um this year just to mark this and you know just lovely to be able to have Easter again you know who, who knew that that would be such a uh, you know a big special occurrence so we've got this amazing new show um, Brickosaurs um, Evolution you might remember we had Brickosaurs in 2019 um, this is a completely new show you know there are, there are no tweaks it's a completely different show lots of new models 55 of them scattered all around the 140 acre park set amongst all our exotic animal species we've got everything from a spinosaurus it's seven meters long with a massive sail fin on its back an amazing massive mosasaur jumping out of the water in the pond at the front of the park and even a carnosaur a massive raptor you can sit in front of its gaping jaws and get that perfect selfie to take home with you you must just be over the moon and there's a bit of relief there as well what do you think that the brickosaurs bring to marwell it's a little extra something it maybe you know brings in a a, a new audience a, a different audience audience and a wider audience it's an extra diversion it's a very big place Marwell as I say it's 140 acres takes a lot of getting around a lot to see and it's just really nice we have so much space that you know if we can add an extra element just add a little bit of extra fun keep everybody diverted when they're walking between the animals and also just we've actually added some extra interpretation this year as well so we've got this amazing fossil wall again all made out of toy bricks but with some information about prehistoric creatures, fossils, how fossils are made. Uh, people like Mary Anning, obviously not too far away from here, and a little bit about her and how the discovery of fossils evolved as well. So there's a little bit to learn as well if you want to, or you can just enjoy the amazing creativity and artistry that went into building these uh, these amazing toy brick models. And of course, all of the animals that you see at Marwell will have come from, will have evolved from the dinosaurs. E exactly right, and if you look at the interpretation discs for for these models as well we've interpreted them to get, tell you all about these prehistoric creatures and the dinosaurs you'll actually see where we've actually been able to we've been able to reference actually that this particular modern animal that still survives today has evolved from this one or has features that, that are actually in common with some of these creatures from millions of years ago it's fascinating and somebody's already told me a little fact my little last one on the uh, brickosaurs lego is made from plastic plastic is basically made from dinosaurs the dinosaur dies the bones you know it's all compressed in the ground that becomes oil 
Oil is how we make plastic. That's how we make Lego. So it's a little bit of a circle, isn't it? Yeah. This is our fourth, I think, show made out of these toy bricks. And again, you know, a lot of these get reused again as well. And as, if you're anything like my house, you know, my, my attic has a fairly big supply of Lego, you know, from my children that will then get used for, yeah, yeah. you know, grandchildren and passed on and passed on. And um, It looks in my house like it's breeding. Yes, and, and generally somehow it manages to migrate all over the place, generally where you're going to tread on it. And so, <laughs> but it's really lovely just to see these, these very simple coloured bricks being used in this way and when you see them turned into this life-size prehistoric creature and the way the colours merge into each other it really does pay off actually just sometimes to stand there and just look at them for a couple of minutes and just really appreciate thousands of hours of work that went in there's over two million bricks here yeah. and over nine thousand hours of build time and work that went into it i just i have such huge respect for the amazing guys who actually built these things sean manny the commercial director at marwell he mentioned that there's two and a half thousand animals at Marwell. I'm disappointed that you didn't then ask him to name them all. Uh, and he would have said a lot of ants. <laughs> I talked to him about the audit and he said there's always a lot of people asking questions about how do you count the ants and those tiny, tiny little creatures. <laughs> Surely you just drop a bit of banana at the corner of the tank and they all run over and yeah, like, yeah, as they yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was brilliant there. It was so wonderful to be there at the launch of Brickasaur's Evolution. They do it so well at Marwell. And it's amazing because they've got this wall and it's the Mary Anning wall. So if you've ever heard of Mary Anning, she was the lady that found all these fossils down in Dorset. And she's held up as this sort of fossil finder guru. And and it was just very interesting talking to the, the people about, you know, where all of this comes from and the fact that they're dinosaurs in with living creatures and how close something like a rhinoceros is to a dinosaur. You know, it's just really well thought out. Well, in a moment, you're going to meet Joe, who is one of the Brickasaurs builders. But first, here's Zoe Harris from Brick Live, who spent years planning the Brickasaurs at Marwell. So we actually started planning this show three years ago with Marwell. So to see it come alive three years later, just honestly, it's insane. And seeing like kids' reactions as well, it's just so good because it's everything that's been brought to life. And it just feels like the three years has really started to pay off. Which is your favourite then? I do think uh, Stuart is my favourite or Olivia. So all of the dinosaurs have human names as well just so they're easier to say so Stuart and Olivia are definitely my favourite just because they're so colourful Which is the biggest dinosaur that we can see? Probably Stuart or Spencer so Spencer's a Spinosaurus um, and then I think Stuart's probably the meatiest okay. uh, but Stuart is I think seven metres long so he's, he's quite hefty as well How good does it feel when you put things like this into Marwell Zoo and you see them up against you know living creatures right now. It's just incredible. And Marwell Zoo dress it so well as well. And there's another company called Dark Star and they come and set dress it. So it's just amazing. Everything comes to life. And uh, the team here as well is just amazing to work with. So I feel really grateful to be part of this project. It's just, it's just amazing. Hi, I'm Joe and I'm a model brick builder. Tell us which creature this is. The dinosaur I'm currently standing is a Styrosaurus. I actually don't know the name. <laughs> it's a difficult one to say, to be honest. It is. It's a Styrosaurus. Oh, yes. One of those. It's nice, big and spiky. It's nice, big and spiky. And it's very bright as well. How do you choose the colours that go into all of these Brickasaurs? 
So the colours are chosen depending on what type of animal it is, if it's a predatory or a non-predatory animal. And if you've run out of those colours, what happens? Uh, designers get to just pick um, pick the colours and they go nice and bright and they are amazing. And this one, I mean, it's probably the size of my spare room. How long would something like that take to build? So this has taken 419 hours, so it probably equates to 12 solid days of building with five people doing eight hour days at that time. And how do you get it here? I'm presuming that you're not coming to Marwell every day and adding a few more bricks. No, so they're built off site in our workshop and then they are put on the back of a lorry and delivered to Marwell and they are removed by telehandlers due to the size and weight of them and then they are put into position ready for the public. So they come as one piece? Yes, yes they do. Some do t- come apart. So for example, when was the next day, the horns come off because it's too high to go through certain height doors and then they get reassembled on site in the place they're meant to be. Have you always wanted to build Lego and build massive dinosaurs out of bricks? Well, I mean, as a kid, I always played with Lego. I can't say no to Lego. If I see it, I'm going to play with it. And yeah, it's just a dream job, really. Did Joe mention how many times he stubbed his toe on Lego whilst building them? (laughs) Well, that's it, isn't it? There's some amazing time-lapse videos of them putting them together. That That's pretty cool. But basically, they get a stencil. You know, it's like something comes out of the photocopy and it says, make that. <laughs> that must be such a challenge. And I think the challenge is getting stuff there, you know, as well. I think they take it in like three or four pieces and then they glue them together. Somebody would like a memento. So they take a little brick off of the top of one of the dinosaurs. Wow, that's an interesting bit of info. It never occurred to me that they would build them off site. I just assumed they'd do it there. But then that's a bit of a stupid thing to do because if you're missing a part, it's a long way to go back to the workshop to get more Lego, isn't it? It's all about Southampton. The So So Show. I don't know whether my daughter is happy or sad about it, but COVID has hit the school. COVID is just the gift that keeps on giving, right? It's everywhere. It is everywhere. I think it's something like one in three or four households have now got COVID again. The schools are obviously affected by this. And what they've said is they've got too many staff off with COVID. So they're giving different year groups different days off, which is a joy to see when it comes up last week of term. You think you've got a clear run of work days and da-da. I used to hate it when my kids were still at school and you'd plan that week out before the school holidays carefully yeah. with all the stuff you want to get done before you've got them in your company. Yeah. And then a curveball like that comes along and knocks yeah. it sideways. Absolutely. So um, it turns out that she's off on Friday. Now, the letter from the school also says, this is a very fluid situation. If we can have your children into school, we will. And I'm like... Now, if I'm organising it, that's where she's going and that is what she is doing because I am taking her 100 miles away to her grandparents, you know, one evening and, and, and that's where she's going to stay. I'm not going to go and get her in the morning. Tough luck. I guess you need to count yourself lucky that you haven't decided to fly away for Easter that <laughs> yeah. seems to be causing all the problems at the moment. Yes, that's exactly. That's where COVID seems to be most rife. Anyone who works on an aeroplane. I know. But obviously, because I'm taking my daughter to her grandparents a couple of days early, that means I've got even more time to fill. What shall I do, Simon? What shall I do? How about you go out for the evening with some friends and have a couple of drinks? Oh my goodness, that is a great idea. Where are we going? Why that didn't come to you first? (laughs) 
That's what the old Zoe would have done with an evening free. I know. Do you know what, though? I would quite like to, to sit just in my house on my own with a cup of tea, watching really sweary telly <laughs> about, about half past seven when I'm normally putting somebody else to bed. <laughs> really loud as well. The So So Show. So Bedford Place seems to be the place to be. It's now pedestrianised and they can hold markets. There's one on over Easter and it's been organised by Toby. We have a new event coming up. So next weekend um, we're going to be in Carlton Place where they... I believe they're making it permanent, but it's pedestrianised. Yes, that's uh, now, right. The area yep. and people got tables and chairs up, so we're 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 going to be making use of that lovely space, and we're going to have a a, a craft market. So um, we've got a number of crafts and sort of local independent stalls coming down, a um, little bit of entertainment as well, um, which we kind of teamed up with Go Southampton for this one. And yeah, they've really supported us. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. And what kind of craft stalls or making can you do there? Um, well, we've got we've got a number of things to be honest. We've got a, a few little food uh, bits. So we've got a sort of craft cider stall. I believe someone's doing olives. I think there's a soap company coming down. You know, there's a number of illustrators. So there'll be some lovely art on sale as well. Um, but it's all really about independent and local people. So, yeah. you know, it's great. Uh, obviously, coming down to support that, whenever you buy something from independent, obviously that's going straight into that person's pocket. So, you know, that's that's what's really important to us. And that's, that's the main vibe of our events, really. And that's perfect as well. And working alongside Visit Southampton, we do lots that's with it, them. Yeah. And they're always so supportive and always putting on different events and helping people out with stuff and footfall are, and yeah, everything. Their marketing has been so good for us as well. They've really helped us with the marketing this time. So we've, we've, we've had a lot of interest. Yeah, it's been really great. So fingers crossed it's not snowing next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so just run us through the whole event again. What is it? Where is it? When is it, Toby? So yeah, it's the Bedford Place Easter Market. Uh, it will be happening just off Bedford Place along Carlton Place which has been pedestrianised now and it will be next weekend that's the 9th and 10th of April and both days will be from 11am till 5pm. And if you want any more details just go and find We Are The Village pop-up on Instagram or on Facebook right? Yeah that's it and it's thevillagepopup.com so all the information's on there as well. Toby from We Are The Village pop-up explaining what you'll find at Bedford Place this Easter. So just very very quickly I want to give a shout to the people of Switch, Rich Gilbert and all of them they came up with what I thought was the best April Fool's gag <laughs> and it was for Switch Nightclub and it was you can bring your dog dogs and dance <laughs> <laughs> what a great idea <laughs> somebody will tap into it right but this is a not an April Fool let's get into the Watsons with Visit Southampton light up your social life the Marlins shopping centre is going dog friendly wow and to celebrate that on the 23rd of April they've got a dog show and classes in the Marlins fantastic (laughs) you can sit outside charities and have a lovely slice of cake and sit and watch the dog show also on the 23rd of April it's going to be a good day out in town because it is Southampton Record Store Day, so make sure that you get to Overdraft Records. Make sure you get to Vinalo at their new place. HMV as well. Here's something massive. I reckon you might be up for this, Simon, because oh, no. if you are, I am. Okay. That's not okay, I'll do it. That's okay, tell me more. Eubank versus Ben fight on the 27th of May at the Leonardo Royal Southampton Grand Harbour. 
Eubank versus Ben. It's not like a testimonial. What do they do? Uh, not an example. What do they do? Demonstration. It sort of is, isn't right. it? Right. There's no title at stake. <laughs> They're probably about 20 years past their prime. But I think I'd quite like to go to it. I wonder if we can get my 16-year-old into that because he boxes. Yes, of course. I mean, they may be cultural reference points way past yeah. him. <laughs> But even so, it's still boxing. He might be up for that. Uh, something different again. The Thai Festival, July 2nd and 3rd at Hoglands Park. Uh, the UEFA Women's Euros coming to Southampton. Three games in July at St Mary's. The tickets are on sale now. Poulton's Park has a new junior roller coaster called the Farmyard Flyer. I've seen it, had a little preview. It is super cute for your little, little one. Mast are running a heart and mind well-being workshop. It's all completely for free. Just go to the website and remember to get your tickets for the West Quay Easter Festival to decorate your own Easter bunny. So much stuff going on, eh? I know, right? If you've got something happening you'd like us to talk about, please do let us know. And if you're not already following us on our socials, make sure you do that and set up notifications because there's always something good to win and we wouldn't want you to miss out. Exactly right. And get in touch on our socials you can get involved in all of it there's always some sort of discussion going on i think right now it's uh what are we going to do to mark our 100th episode well, which we're is only two, two away. away yeah what are we going to do i've suggested we just get some cake and eat it could we get some cake from that place that you've talked about which is just down by cobden bridge Whimsical Kitchen. Whimsical Kitchen. Let's get something really fancy from okay. Whimsical Kitchen. Okay. And then make sure we don't put the box in your green bin so yeah. that Leland doesn't see it in recycling. <laughs> You're so right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it then. Have a great week, Zoe. And you, Simon. And thank you for listening. You've been listening to Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark on Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. 